This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean, in a very sweaty, hot, sticky Oldham still. after uh, It's the Sunday after the Saturday before. Possibly the hottest I've ever been at Boundary Park yesterday. It was absolutely scorching hot. It's still hot today. Uh, unfortunately, the I mean, it would be kind to say that the performance was lukewarm. So, um, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, you can hear the familiar what's that, snigger? Is that the right word? I'm not sure. Of sexy Dave Bradley there, Dave. This sexy Dave thing, right? Mate. You've given yourself this nickname. Let's be let's like oh, let, let's oh, be oh, absolutely oh. clear about this. Nobody has ever called you Sexy Dave Bradley. You've just taken this <sighs> opportunity now to to you know have some kind of public profile and thought, right, okay, I'm gonna be sexy Dave. And then yesterday at the game, people come up to you calling sexy, sexy Dave. Dave. Like you've, you've created this nickname. The people's champ it's either <laughs> Dave Bradley the people's champion or sexy Dave Bradley. So I think yeah, either will do. But it, oh, just call, I mean, me sexy, also, call me sexy Dave just to annoy Matt. Just do it. Sexy no, it doesn't, Dave. it doesn't. It doesn't annoy me, Dave. It's fine. It I, mean, I, call, I call you sexy Dave too. But um, I mean, amongst the refereeing fraternity, you're known as uh, King of the Laws, aren't you? As well, another self-proclaimed yeah. nickname that you that you give yourself. Um, yeah. We can come on to that. That you know, officiating <laughs> later. That was um, that was uh, oh. Yeah, just thought of something that Ryan said before about words um, that he was going to use during the podcast. So that that definitely relates to the refereeing, some of the refereeing yesterday. Um, yeah, Ryan. So let's uh, introduce our fan guest. You've you've been on before, haven't you, Ryan? Yes, back in the last season, I think it was after Altrincham. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ryan Williams, uh, who you may know off social media as that guy that sold that social media company and uh, now does things with uh, the Community Trust and various other bits and bobs. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you, thank you. Is that a sufficient introduction or, or, or do you need to just give yourself more of a, you know, a bit more, I don't know. No, that's it. Like, so probably, Sell it a bit better? Or, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, pretty much, yes. I sold my business <laughs> last year, but I got involved with the, the Community Trust side of things on the board. Um, yeah. Trying to harbour the good things the club have been doing in the summer, which we're in a position now where it's feeling hard to do. But yeah, well, well I'm sure we'll get into the into the more finer details. But yeah, yeah, that's me. And so, so that's yeah. two millionaires now, Matt. We've had on the show Andy Halliwell being the first one, and now Ryan Williams being the other. Yeah, good well, stuff. I mean that we know of. You know, well, I, I think we've probably had secret millionaires on as well. Mm. I'm not sure who. Uh, and we should say Andy's not here this week because again he's on his uh, yacht doing um, yeah. his uh, his Borson course um, around the Med. Mm. This is wedding anniversary, isn't it? This week. Nice. Yeah. So happy do, wedding anniversary, do. Andy and Lucy. So I hope yeah. you're having a good, hope you're having a good time. Um, right. Okay. Enough of all that nonsense. Let's um, let's get stuck into the nitty gritty. In fact. Let's hear from the manager first of all. Oldham Athletic nil, Dorking Wanderers nil at a very hot and sweaty boundary parties today. Um, let's hear the thoughts of the manager. David, goal of draw this afternoon. What were your thoughts on the afternoon overall? Yeah, frustrating. It's another game we should have won. Um, created the best opportunities in the game. Certainly first half had a great chance second half at the end there with Kurt. And it's just not going in at the moment, but... Um, yeah, we're the better side and, um, you know, it's another game we should win, but we've, we've got to move on quickly and, and we've got to get that win next week. 
in terms of searching for the breakthrough, was it just about being more clinical or was there anything missing else? Well, we, we, we set up to try and play first half and we did that. We were, you know, we were good when we were passing the ball. Uh, we pressed well uh, and created, I think there was four opportunities, four decent opportunities and, and, and they didn't have a, a shot on goal. Um, and it just, just epitomises where we are at the moment, just can't seem to put the ball in the back of the net since the older shot game. Um, so... Second half, we went with two strikers after 15 minutes. Thought we'd, um, you know, try and um, you know bring another striker onto the pitch, and then obviously Kurt as a third striker with 10, 15 minutes to go. Um, it was a frustrating afternoon for us. One change to the lineup from last week. Great to see Dan Ward back, of course. Obviously, you mentioned how you sat up there wanting to play. Um, how overall did you did you feel that went against the side who obviously made it difficult? Yeah, they, they came here to frustrate. They came here to um, you know to get a point. Uh, and they frustrated us, uh, and they've done a job on us, um, similar to what we did against Chesterfield, really. Um, but we just got to keep going, you know, keep going next game, um, and, and, and you know, sooner or later the ball's going to fall for someone, and they're, they're going to score a few goals. So um, we just got to keep going, stick together. As we mentioned, it was good to see Dan back. How overall do you think he did? And he seemed to have a limp at the end. How was he? Yeah, he's fine. Um, I thought he was sharp for 20-25 minutes, which I expected. And then second half, you know, five ten minutes in this heat with with him being out for the time he has, uh, he just died on on an hour. And it was it was a, you know we knew we would have to make that change sooner rather than later. Um, I, I thought he did okay. Yeah, he was he was lively, uh, and he'll be a big player for us. An important save from Matt Hudson when called upon in the second half. Yeah, and that's that's frustrating because they've not they've not showed anything in the game, and we got a bit desperate, and we you know we you know we got you know we chased it a lot instead of kept keep keep playing, keep passing, and keep doing the things what carved them out in the first half really. But we got a bit desperate, and they um, they nearly scored a goal on the breakaway. But um, you know you you've got to gamble at home especially, and you've got to. You know, you've got to go and search for that goal. In terms of selection and goal, is Magnus available now? Or did you plump for Matt? Or no, sure? Magnus has been available for a couple of weeks, um, and Matt's been terrific. So he, he keeps his place on merit. And again today, he's done nothing wrong, and he's come up with a with a wonder save at the end to give us a point. We've had quite a few lads back now who've been injured. Obviously, mentioned how good it is to see them. Just one long term one, I think, in Josh Lundstrom. Just to finish off, how close is he to her? Yeah, he's very close. He's probably going to train uh, middle of next week. Um, he's around six, seven weeks now since an injury. Uh, we've obviously missed him. Uh, big play for us. He looked, he looked the part in in pre season, didn't he? So, um, yeah, we'll be like, delighted when he's back. Hopefully, maybe next week or certainly the week after. So, what do you think, uh, Ryan? You're the guest. You go first. What What did you make of Dave's assessment of the game? When he said it's just not going in at the moment, it feels like me pissed with the wife on a Saturday night. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he said it there himself. Gamble at home, and this is gamble. Well, this the, the way I approached yesterday. Like I, I put on Twitter, my kids were mascot. It. We got there a bit earlier. We got into the, the Legends Lounge where you drop them off and everything like that. And the atmosphere around the club, everything, it was buzzing. It, the sun was out. It felt like the first game of the season almost, you know, like the start. And it was darking at home. And I was in the fans bar at 5-2 to two when that new team news dropped. And everything just dropped. Like, it was a chance. For me, I looked at it, it was a chance for him to st almost start again to yesterday. Like, right, we've had a bit of a shocking start. You've got majority, 90% of your tip players are now fit. You've got five strikers that most teams would want in this league. And you drop your team news in there and you're playing one of them. And yeah, you, you could argue Green and Dickinson were pushed up to be a 4-3-3. But to me, Devan Green, he's a winger in a 4-4-2. He's not a 
it's not a right wing what you'd call an attack. I hate for the Premier League comparisons, but Mo Salah, for example, he's a right wing forward. You're not going to get Devine Green cutting in like that. He sticks to the byline and he wants to whip it in. But when you've only got one striker up there, it's going to no one. Um, and just, yeah, there's this. I've said it, I said it to you before we started recording. It's all very bizarre at the moment. It's. He's a nice guy. My mate texted me. He, he was there. He, um, he had a he popped in to see ones before the game because a friend of a friend knew him, and he said what a really nice guy he is, and, and he wants the best. And it's just it's not translating onto the pitch. Um, and he says there, gamble at home. Well, play Willoughby and Reed from the off with with Norwood and have a goal, then change it, get two or three up, bring what I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a, a few more things as we get going about the longer the longer term plan with him and in the past. But yeah, that was that's how I saw it yesterday and. Just on, on the actual game, first half, I agree. When when they got booed off, I did think it was a little harsh because I thought we were in complete control that first half. But they had, he did, he did, he didn't see it. They did have a shot. They had a counter attack in that first. Yeah, half. they did. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it went straight to the keeper, didn't it? And it was. What yeah. is a common theme with us now? Is this half time? How many games we let go in the second half? Now it's getting a bit weird. Other teams change it, and we never know how to change it back. And. He, they sending him out five minutes early to kick, kick. I think someone pulled it out on Twitter. Sent him out in the baking heat five minutes early yesterday. Like, why? Just you're the home team. I, I don't know if it's a psychological thing to show the opposition you're ready to come. Well, out. let's let's just try and put a bit of balance. We don't know that Uns yeah. were sent sent them out. First of all, like it could have been the captain said, "Come on, lads." Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't. Yeah. They went out early. Was, I, I agree that in in that heat, it doesn't seem like a very sensible thing it's to do. I agree. I agree it. with that. But he we did don't it a lot know at the back end of last season, though. Uh, yeah, well, when we were struggling around before Christmas, Mark, there was a few games they come out. He even <clears> said anyone he didn't use, I sent them out. I'd had enough of them, kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But like I said, the word I keep circling back to is bizarre, and there's a lot to unpick about the whole last twelve months, kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it. So on on the game, Dave, I think like, well, well what do you make of his assessment of it? First of all, Dave. Um. I don't think he was honest. I, I thought Dorking were poor. Dorking were a really poor side, but we were nowhere the better team. It was too struggling sides, stifled of any creativity. And also, I don't think he'd saw the Dorking goal because it was a goal, and it wasn't a wonder. It was a it was a wondrous decision by the linesman and the referee not to give it because it, the ball was clearly over the line. Um, and it was thank God the the football gods are on our side because. Um, it 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 was it was clearly over the line. Um, I thought Dan Wall did play well. Um, first first twenty minutes, I thought he was zipping it about. He looked he looked busy. Sheeran should have buried that one in the first half that just went off bar when he was following in. But yeah. why Sheeran was following in, other than you know someone like Green or Brennan Dickinson, he was just a wrong player following in. Um, first half, thought we I thought we controlled the game and I thought yeah we're, we're going to be in a good position here. Um, and then they just sort of just died fitness wise second half now you can say it's the heat but we're playing against a part time team who train twice a week on, on a Tuesday and Thursday morning and yeah. for me it, it looked like they were they were equal equals fitness wise and I thought if Dawkins had another five minutes I think they would have scored because they were putting the pressure on us um, we just we could have been there all day for scoring um, and we, we wouldn't have uh, fond up yeah. Is he when he came on? Uh, Willoughby wasn't played as a striker; he was played as a left-hand midfielder. Um, so 
as I say, I have to agree with Ryan on his comments. It was it was very very bizarre, and we should have been playing four four two from the outset um, at the start of that game. I think that's... Uh, I've got a br- sorry, I've got a brilliant tweet saved here for I think Simon Crow on Twitter. But he signed Nuttall, Reed, and Willoughby, and he th- and he turns to Fondop first, who potentially threw the game away against Solihull, and that shows what he thinks of his own recruitment. And I think it's a good point. It was like one of the, and I think recruitment as a whole is another. Probably you could have an hour chatting about it. It's, we signed this Freeman, and he looked he looked like he was what we were missing at right back. He was great against Aldershot. He would you know, against Chesterfield. Sutton's back fit. Who I, I do like Sutton, but he's not a fullback. He, he's not. He never will be. You like and then Freeman. He wasn't on the bench yesterday, and it's like. And then there's a number of players now. You'd say like Dickinson on his debut against Aldershot. Like people were purring about him. He, he looked brilliant. Um, Norwood looked to cut above for a few games and it feels like once they slip into this system or whatever the training is the coaching is they're declining you can't name one player in that team who's got better and that's that's the longer term bigger worry picture for me um, and that's I thought yesterday where my head started to turn now I can't see where where the bright sparks are like that's that's the struggle I thought Brandon Dickinson was absolutely knackered after an hour yesterday. He's not up to full full fitness. I was surprised when he took I mean Gardner. I'm not surprised that he took Gardner off when he brought Willoughby on. But Dickinson was desperate to come off, which leads me to think that that, that the options on the bench weren't great. I thought that mm. if he's going to play that four three, the problem yesterday was he started with this four three three. Then he went to a 4-2-2, uh, 4-4-2. Then he went back to a 4-3-3. So we're changing the formation quite considerably within the game. But why wasn't Tollett on the bench if you're going to play a 4-3-3? Because he's he's the kind of player that, that, that it, Dickinson needed to come off and Tollett needed to go on in his place. That would have worked yesterday, but he didn't have that option available to him. So I think, look, yesterday was, was poor. We didn't have, I think, in and Norwood looked frustrated. <laughs> there wasn't enough going on around him. Why? I thought that, that Nuttall and Norwood looked like a good combination. Now, but unfortunately, unfortunately, Nuttall was booed off the pitch against Chesterfield and he's not performed since. So, like, apparently, it's. I don't think he's in a good place mentally, Norwood, as a result of what's going on. And 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 I know I get a lot of stick for giving fans stick, but I don't think that booing players off at this stage of the season, including Joe Nuttall, is good for the team. I also don't think shouting you're getting sacked in the morning to your own manager at home is productive. Now, you're singing David Unz with your football shit is fair enough because the football is shit at <laughs> the minute, right? That that's fine. Insofar as if you're gonna sing something, I think that's I think that's you know, the football is shit. There's no doubt about it. It's not just David Unsworth football, by the way. The players as well have to take some accountability for it. So that that's something that needs to be discussed. Will Sutton yesterday in the post match interview for the Man of the Match Award, um he said he, he was very honest and he said, Look, it's just not happening. And, and we're not sure why. It's just, you know, and 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 he's not going to come out and slate his manager. He's not going to come out and slate his teammates. You know, he's he was very frustrated and he was very honest. Uh, and it was actually quite refreshing um to hear. But, you know, Unsworth in his post match, uh, me and you were talking, Dave, about Shez and how honest he he always was about performances. Uh, we, we like that about Shez. Not all managers are like that. Sometimes they'll mm. they'll try and you know they'll try and spin on the positives of the game. And you know we were in control of the ball for most of the game. It was, but we didn't create anywhere near enough chances, and that's the problem. And like you say, Ryan, like that front three, 
didn't really work. It, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a good combination. And you do have to question. You say, well, why did you pick that combination? You said about Sheeran coming into finish. The reason Sheeran came into finish because he was playing as the higher midfield player behind the front three. That was his that was his role to right. to push on and do the press. So. And- in, in that first half, genuinely, Hogan had the ball and Obson's brilliant on the ball, like better than I expected. And they were coming forward and yeah. coming forward and coming forward. And Dawkins were giving us that space. And Gard, yeah. I do feel sorry for the centre-backs because they're looking. They've got Norwood, who's he's, he can, he's quick when he gets going, but he's not going to be your guy who's going to run on a 30-yard path. Green's too wide in a three because he's yeah. still thinking of a 4-4-2 mentality. Dickinson's not fit enough to be down that left flank. So I get sometimes why they, they just lump it or it goes to no one because they're the, the limited. And, uh, no, but yesterday, right? Yesterday, yeah. right? What what I did notice was, uh, you know, like bec- I let let's let's be honest, it was hot and it was hot for both teams, yeah. right? And, and we know that. But in 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 the in the normal run of things, what happens is players like Norwood and Green. They constantly making runs and for yeah. for the ball to come, you know, and and there was up, there was up, there was there was there was runs that they were making yesterday where they weren't getting the ball quick enough from the defenders and from the midfielders that where you could see that, the, you know, they're running the line, they're watching the line, they're making the run. Now, on a day like yesterday, you can't keep making those runs constantly because it's too hot mm. and you and you burn yourself out. And so that was the problem yesterday. The runs that, that they should have been making, they, well, and they were making, when they weren't getting the ball, it was disheartening them and they weren't keeping making them because it was too exhausting. So it was I, I frustrating expected- to watch. I expected more from Gardner in his role. I expected him to be the the deep line playmaker who would get the ball off the centre backs, you yeah. know, and because he, he's got that pass on him. So Ogun and Obson yeah. should be looking for Gardner. Unless it's teams are marking Gardner out of the game, then they know our midfield's gone. I, it, it could be that. But at times I thought if Gardner comes short for it, Obson and Ogun know the option every time. And I thought Dorkin might kitch in out of the game brilliantly yesterday because he, he is our big threat down yeah, that left hand side. That's, I can't that's true. Remember seeing him. He was very uh, quiet, wasn't he? But when you got three centre backs at, at Dorking, and you can see for the first twenty minutes, it was just Norwood up top on his own. Mm. The, show, the manager has to take responsibility and change it, and he did. He didn't change it until was it the sixtieth minute when he brought on Fondop. Now that's not on the players, and that's not on the you know, it, it's on one person, and that's David Unsworth. And if he couldn't see that until sixty sixty five minutes, then that's not good enough for me. I'm really sorry, but he needs, he, you know, with his credentials and his coaching and his background, he, he had enough strikers on the bench there to change it. And he, it took him that long to figure it out. I don't think that was because there's nothing doing in that game. I'm sorry, is but you, that, that is, it's not good enough. It's not his good use enough. Of the subs bench has been odd ever since he's come in, especially this season. Like we only made two subs again yesterday when we needed mm. to. We had Nuttall and Reed sat with a tracksuit on next to him. And you need, we need, you needed a win, let's be honest. Yeah. But then I'll come back to that point in a minute. Um, but then, like Gates said, away 2 1. I don't think anyone would have got upset if he'd have brought Raglan on to see that game out. And he brought yep. Nuttall on away, and he, he didn't look up for it, Nuttall. And, and then suddenly made that def- mistake at the back. But if Raglan sat in there with Sutton, Obson, and Ogan, does that mistake happen? I don't think so. And um, but that this is the thing, though, right? Isn't it? I mean, because you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And so if he brings on Raglan. And we still concede. Then he gets loads of shit for doing that. So, like, this this is where we're at now. Like, it's absolutely clear what a lot of fans think about David Unsworth. There's no, you know, we can't we can't say. I don't. I mean, a lot of the the stuff in the group chats from that I'm having, and and I'm I'm avoiding the hashtag because it's just depressing um, on the whole. But like, it's 
there was a lot of chanting yesterday for runs with for runs without and and i feel for i feel for him as an individual because i know he's not he's doing his best like you said he is a nice bloke but he's got to get results that's his job as a football manager so the pressure there is always going to be pressure I feel for the board. I, I went, so I need to give a shout out to Nick Frogger, who I've never met <laughs> and I've never seen, but he, he gifted us uh, a hospitality for the podcast, and he, he he said it was in. It's just a thanks for all the things that we've that we've done, all the effort we've put in up for on the podcast over the last few years, which you know, which was was lovely, and I'm really grateful to Nick for that. So thank you. Um, yeah, thank and James you. Lampard came up from Dorking, who who used to play uh, for Dorking and, and does their podcast, and he was a lovely guy. I met his wife, and we had a love. We had a lovely day and, and and obviously being in the hospitality when mark came in we had a chat with mark white we obviously got sent off for kicking the ball away which is all a bit bizarre uh, to use your word again ryan um we you know frank was in there and luke and and, and everybody and, and 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 you could feel the frustration and the a little bit of the so i mean they were all very relaxed like weren't they dave everyone was having a drink mm. and having you know and, and and making them you know making the most of it, having a good day but i think there was there's definitely that undercurrent of we really need this to work <laughs> and 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 i think that yeah we, we i still think that it's the best the, the best outcome is if it works for david unsworth it worked financially for the club and all that kind of stuff but the question is what does david unsworth need to do pretty sharpish to start making it work and i i mean personally i think it, him and his players need to be braver and i think they need to come together i don't know this is up to him to do it but he, he needs to be brave in terms of his formation he needs to be brave and say right this is how we're going to play and he needs to stick to it, and he needs to get some consistency in his in his best eleven. And and because it, it it's all it does appear to be all over the place, doesn't it? And that is definitely on him. There's no two ways mm. about that. Um, so um, yes. and and you know the players are getting booed off, and that that's look they're going to have to deal with it because the professional footballers, and that's really I all like like I said I say every week, fans, you're accountable for your behaviour, and if you're booing individual players and it's affecting them mentally, don't put it all on them and say oh well, they should be able to deal with it you probably should think about dishing it as well. So I think we all need to have a look at ourselves. I think that I think the manager and the coaching staff need to look at themselves. The players need to look at themselves as fans. Dick Mark White came on the phone the other day and said, how like, you know, we're now getting a reputation. Keep, keep Latics fans up, you know, that the, the fans will turn on the players and all that kind of stuff. And he was saying about from a, from a manager and an owner's point of view, how negative that is. So there's lots of things going on here, lots of moving parts. And, and what a lot of people say is, well, the, the simple solution is sack the manager. Well, if you look at the boards in the eye and the, and the owners in the eye, that's not the simple solution at this moment in time because they believe that that, that this needs to be given time. So it's complicated. Go on, this Ryan. is the bit. This is the point I wanted to circle back to when he said he needed a win yesterday. When I, then I, I thought and I seen a few people on the, the hashtag say it. Did he need a win yesterday? That this is what pressure does he have from above? He doesn't look like a man under pressure. Like, uh, is he being told it's all okay? Like and. If when you think uh, comparison, you think of Stockport were down here for seven, eight years. Like if the where, where to me the discrepancy is if he was like told to get players like Kurt Willoughby, uh, younger players, you know, develop them for the year or two, two, three seasons, then we'll go for it. Well, fine, we'd understand we're in a bit of a building season again. But it's players like Norwood coming in on on people seem to know he's on five grand a week apparently. Raglan players, so buying players like that are saying no, we're going for this, and it's. 
has he been told he has to go for it? Or has he been told he's got this full year? I, I, I well, Matt, I like was... the, that's interesting because that's what Mark was saying on the phone in as well about about have, setting expectations in terms yeah. of like from 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 the club and from the from the top level and saying what what's the aspiration, what's the plan, what do we expect from our manager, what do we expect from the players that we bought in in terms of, and and, and uh, I don't think that this squad is the finished article for definitely not for champ for winning the league. There's no doubt about that. And I'm not saying yeah. that all fans are expecting us to win the league. There are players that we've had in that brought in that, like I said, like Dickinson, who's a good player, but he's definitely not off the pace in terms of his fitness. I, I don't think it's balanced properly. I don't think we have enough, uh, like, you know, f- cover at fullbacks, for example. Um, you know, and, and, and I think there's still a lot of work to do. Is it underperforming? Absolutely underperforming. What is it? Seven points in eight games. It's 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 not good enough. One win in eight games. It's absolutely not good enough. Is the manager delivering? Well, the response from the people that watch the games every week from the fans is that he's not delivering, and and all that needs to be taken into account. But from the board's point of view, should they be sacking their manager eight games into the season, or should they stick to the guns and 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 and? You know, all things considered, what they must be, you know, we must be meeting every day, talking every day, looking at everything, working on everything. They, it's up to them to make that decision with all the information that they have. And I, I just, I really think that singing, you're getting sacked in the morning to your own manager at home. You sing that to your opposition manager when, when you know what I mean. You don't. For me, that was embarrassing yesterday, and I don't, I don't care like if it upsets people. I don't think that that is useful. The football was shit. I accept that. You can sing that for me. I don't think that's the end of the world. But booing at half-time when you're nil-nil, I think, is... is, is People have made their minds up and they're, they're putting the pressure on now. And that's put, they're doing it to put the pressure on the board because they want the manager out. That's that's what's happening. Um, I, I think that there is an element of that, though. This is the same set of fans, including yourself and everything, that got the last regime out, rightly so. They're the driving force. They brought the Rothwells and the Royals here. So they do need listening to because they were right in a way. Not, and I don't think it's not just these eight games, is it? This is the problem from the day he took over. Is something's just not being right? The bizarre, put it back into the bizarre bracket. Something's just never. I, I think he didn't speak to the fans for three, four weeks, and it's. I, I, I'm like you. I would still love nothing more than to David Unsworth be at the end of your end of season party there being lifted up on a chair I don't know about that but <laughs> celebrating I'd love yeah. nothing more than it for it to be him but there's just I don't know how it's solved because I can't see where the green shoots are I just I really mm. don't and I don't see players getting better I don't see formations settling I don't see tactics settling and yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm because I'm one of the one of the things that that annoys me the most that people say to me is that I'm like, you know, David Unsworth, my man, and I'm licking his ass, kissing his ass, and all this guy. It's not the case at all. If he doesn't deliver, he's out the door. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. The question is, how long does he get, and how much support does he get from everybody, including the board and the fans and everybody else? I've said it multiple times. I'd rather that. We were the football a football club that managers leave saying, you know what, they they backed me hundred percent. They were behind me the whole time. It didn't work out, and it didn't. You know, there were times when it was really bad, but they were with me and they stuck me and they supported me. We are not that club. We're the club that gets on players' backs very very early on. We always have done, and now and 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 managers as well. And that thing about changing the owner and doing all that stuff. That was desperate measures. Like it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. you know, it was it and 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 everybody had to come together to do that. And 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 what we have to remember is is that the fan base is divided on this issue. The most vocal people 
chant for runs without, and then but there are people that are not chanting for it. It is it's not an all on one side or another, and it's not that one side or the other is right or wrong, but it's it, it has to. When we have like podcasts like this, we have to debate both sides of the argument, yeah, yeah. don't we? It's it's very easy to be an I'm an runs without, and I'm just going to keep repeating the same message over and over again. You've made some really good points, Ryan, which I totally agree with in terms of the performance, the squad, the way it's been, all that stuff. You can't, you can't argue with it, and it's the responsibility lies with the manager to to make these things right, and he's yeah. not doing, and he needs to do it. It's just the reason I just yeah. made that point yesterday. That's I don't think I've ever been sat in a stadium. I sit in the community stand with the kids on that side, so I'm with the karma side, and mm. there was there was people chanting from there as well, and and vocal. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen, and I've got my friend who sits above the tunnel in the north stand. I don't, I've never known a majority like that against what they're seeing, if you know what I mean. Like, because normally, normally, if a manager's ever been that bad, it, they've been sacked. Or if the football's got that bad, they've been sacked. It's just, I don't think I've ever seen a crowd that big, that vocal before. And that was, that was what I found a bit of a turning point yesterday. I thought, oh, yeah, wow, definitely. I'm have to listen to this. That, that's, that's, my own. I'm not saying fam, when he gets six or seven having a goal manager out of this, that is crap. You always get them ones who say that. But yeah, sorry, Dave, I'll, I'll let you get onto that. But I just, just my opinion was that was the majority yesterday. Oh, it was, was very, very noticeable. Yeah. I mean, there's no yeah. question that it was significant. I'm not, you know, I'm definitely, yeah. definitely significant. Go on, the, Dave. The last time I saw the fans getting on a, on a manager's back to that ilk was, um, was Graham Sharp, the Graham Sharp era, you know, when we're going down from uh, the, the top division, uh, not top division, uh, division one. Yeah, and it was, it well, just definitely, and I, was, I, I, was, <laughs> I was young, I was young at the time, but it was, it was like, goodness me, and I think a fan came onto the pitch and sat in the centre circle, and it was like, what is going on? And I think the day after, I think he got sacked, I think it was against Barnsley, and we got beat 1-0, uh, I think. But yeah, that it was like, they were getting sacked in the morning, and at the Chaddy M was just roaring it all the way through do the... Um... Do I think I'd help with a little bit as well, is this rapport with the fans. You know how Sheridan, when lose our jaw, would come and clap the, the away end, you know? He, I can't... He need, I don't know, he needs to... This is where I think people don't think he respects the situation. It's all right, I mean, his interview's going, oh, the fans were great, and they... Just come over and, and maybe not... I think it's too late now, because if he'd have come over yesterday, he'd have had pelters, like... But I think... the. the I don't know. I can't. I don't know where this relationship's fixed. Like it's it's real. Again, as if I was a board member, if this was my company and that was my, I'd I wouldn't know what to do. And I, I agree with you. I don't think they know what to do because they, they want to do the right thing. But what is the right thing? Well, know? this is the this is the thing, and and this is what I keep trying to um, bring it back round to is the fact that we've got brand new owners of the football club, right? The Rothwell family, who you know, up until just over twelve months ago, were very very happy making lots of money with a successful business, making porter cabins and bunker bins and all this kind of stuff, right? And 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 they were, and doing all the other things, Frank Rowan the Atlantic and whatever, right? Living a good, living a nice life, working hard and, and all that, right? And then they've decided to come in and put the money into the football club. But they, you know, and then they've assembled a board of people, you know, some really good people in business as well, by the way, and people with experience at the FA and, you know, you know, top law people and marketing people and blah, blah, blah. And they've started this rebuilding of the football club and they've decided and, and they've, they've gone through a process and they've recruited a manager and, and, and they're in that process. Now, a situation like this, like, well, to bring it back to what you said before about last season and, and, and this few seasons before where we had to get rid of the manager, what we had to do is we all had to come together as a fan base and say, right, what do we need to do to 
to start the process of feeling our football club. And, and, and what we did on this podcast was we talked about everything that had happened over the years and we looked at the situation and we assessed it. And we said, right, this is where we are and then this is where we need to be. And 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 the process of change started. And and, and we said that the need, we needed to come together as a fan base and we needed to, you know, work together. So we've done all that. We're here now. We've got the Rothwells. We've got a family of people and a, a new board and new people that have come in to work to try and develop the football club. Now we're at a point where one element of that in, in the eyes of, 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 you know, the supporters or a significant proportion of the supporters, has it, it, the manager's not working. But we have to take that. We can't just take that in isolation. We have to look at everything else and what's going on at this football club. This football club is being rebuilt. And and to, to start, like, aggressively picking out one element of that, we have to look at the situation now and say, like, Ryan, we have to say that, like, how do we heal this now? What do we do? What's the situation? Like you, but like you said, it's a good point. What can Unsworth do? What can the board do? You know, they're very quiet. You know, you get the whole kind of like vote of confidence where you, in typical Frank fashion at Kate said, but like, that's not actually going to fix anything. So like from the supporters point of view, from the, from the manager's point of view, from the players, what do we need to do to try and heal this situation and make it work rather than go back down the same um, road of, it's not working. Sat the manager, bring another manager in, which is which is the thing that has, has, has not worked for us for decades. And it it might be that the fix is to sack the manager, <laughs> it, but it might not be as well. And and so we we just need to have that conversation intelligently. And I put this to the board. I put this to Luke, who listens, and to Darren, who listens. What are we going to do? What are you going to do to try and fix this situation? Because it's clearly with the noise that Boundary Park is today. If we don't get a win, we went to Bromley last season, Dave, we got beat 3-0, it was abysmal, that was Unsworth's first game in charge. Then we've got Oxford City at home, who managed to put, who beat Hartlepool 5-2 yesterday. So, you know, like, the, the, there's two games there that, it, 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 something's got to be done, guys. Like, something has got to be done to make, to, to, to start some kind of healing process with this, whatever this, the outcome is. It almost feels like a mediation session, sorry. Because, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, if the board are going to come out and say, he is our guy, guy, you've got to know he is our guy. And then yeah. then the other side, I don't know how the fans reply to that, but I think but, even if funds were acknowledged, to me, the fans are being, like, yes, it's almost like a naughty child, you just ignore it, you know. Yeah, exactly. A of, maybe a bit of acknowledgement of, I have heard that today, I'm really sorry they feel like that. I really want to fix this. I really want to turn it around for them. And I think that's what irks people, the fact that... He's I think, in, yeah, it's a two-way thing. It's a collective yeah, responsibility. Yeah. That's what I keep trying to get a point across. It's it's all it's all of us, and it's on the manager, it's on the board, it's on us as fans, and, we, and it, we, it's like a pressure cooker at the minute, or it's, you know, it's like a pot boiling. It's just boiling, 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 and it's and it's going to go. And with that has got to be challenged. It's got to be It's got to be dealt with. Um, so we, we, we're looking at this board and saying we've got really good people here that are know about marketing, PR, business. Come on, guys! Come on board! Like, let's 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 do something that is like you say, Ryan. You're absolutely spot on. Let's look each other in the eye and acknowledge this, and and try and move forward uh, over the next few games, and, and and hopefully then the manager and the players can. Because well, I think a lot of it is confidence. I think the stuff that he's saying in the interviews about the, the balls going in, and they, we do need that that run that run a few. Uh, you know, we can scrape a lucky one 0 at Bromley next week, and then get a, a win against Oxford City. Get that little run going. Things turn round, don't they? When you start to get a little run, and, and hopefully that'll be the case. But will will it? Will we get that long? Will we get? Look at that Black point? And White, we're five points from the playoffs. Like. There's, yeah, it's and, not. And it's, there's not. 
There's no well, that's games what in hand, so we're not in that place where oh, we're two games in hand. Because Ryan, people, game. Ryan, people are saying yeah. that before it's too late. Like it's mm. it, as if like it's it's not good. It, there isn't this immediate panic, yeah. and and I, I've got I've got respect for the board for standing with their man, and and having some patience for for whatever that amount of time is, rather than reacting too quickly to sack him. I've got respect for that because we've we've I think that I think that's what we need. But also on the flip side of that, under have got to start getting these results, on it? So build them relationships. Well, it's performance based, isn't it? Any any walk of life, any business, it's performance based. And there's only so far you can go when the you know the performance isn't there. And obviously Frank's from a business where you know if some of his staff aren't working, you know, at the performance level that he wants. He'll make the decision, like as you, Ryan. If someone's in your, you want to fix this this problem, which is fundamentally the manager. If they don't improve the performances, which he's responsible for the selection of the team, he's responsible for for, for winning games. If he can't fix that, then there's only so much amount of time that the ball's going to give him. But as you said, is- at the moment that they're just they're probably they've probably got a contingency plan in place to say after a certain amount of games. It's got to be looked at, but again, you've got to have the time to to do that. You can have knee-jerk reactions like Abdallah or Frankie Bourne. You lose six-one. I would just sack him because of that bad result. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. But that's what you say, Ryan. Uh, the fans are irked, and obviously, yesterday was a was a was like a national league day. We had six thousand two hundred there compared to like the eight thousand, yeah. you know, eight thousand mark. So a lot of fans have said, "I'm not going again until Unzus gone." You know, and I was quite surprised at that attendance. And I, I was speaking to someone who used to work in the commercial department at Oldham, and they couldn't believe how low the attendance was for that day yesterday. yesterday. When you talk about the performance based and then the KPI, if you want to call it in business terms, your KPIs, you know, you, you think mm. you've got it. You, if this is where I think the discrepancy of what the club wants, what the fan wants, what if his target is seventh place, that play, if his target is the playoffs, then seventh place is his target, and he's only five points behind. So internally, he's saying, right, well, that's probably three or four more games. If that gets longer than five, then yeah. But yeah. this is where I think there's a massive discrepancy of what is the actual target, you know. Um, but and I think it does come like the style of play. I thought I said to me dad in the first half, Dorking were playing a certain way of football. They reminded how we did under Keith Curl, playing out from the back, playing out from the back. But the personnel weren't quite good enough to do it. But I thought, mm. imagine us when we have that personnel, someone like Mark like drilling us that how different it could look. And I think that's what, or, or it's a style of play. If you think of a Ronnie Moore, that you always circle back to that, like Sam Allardyce style. If you're going to play a long ball game, play a bloody long ball game. You know, like we, we seem to be an hybrid in between and tinkering you know, all the time. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say, like yesterday, like you, you talked about, you mentioned Hobson, Ryan. He's got a bit of the fits alls about him, Annie, in terms yes. of his stature, his build, his, uh, like, you know, how he is on the ball. Brilliant last season, yesterday. last season, he was, he was really good. And um, I actually thought, you know, I, I know you're not Hogan's biggest fan there, but like yesterday, nope. he, he, in the second half, he, he tried leading that team onto a win. And like Unzo said in his interview, they were getting desperate. And Ho- Hogan was doing 50 yard, 60 yard runs from the back, getting forward, trying to, you know, throwing himself at things. It, it was a leader's performance in that second half. It was easy to go unnoticed, but he, he did actually, he did, having said that again, his distribution is, is nothing like it is with, with Hobson. But like, 
when we saw Notts County last season, um, the most impressive, one of the most impressive things about how they played the game was was how comfortable their centre halves are on the ball. They got the ball and they took it forward, and they dictated the play from from the back, and and mm. and everything went through them. You know, we don't play like that. We haven't got we haven't got obviously with Hobson. I think we've got somebody who can do that. But when we that midfield things need sorting out, where we're, we're going through. Obviously, we've got a lot of hopes pinned on Lundstrom. So, like, but let's let's just do a bit of the old uh, football manager thing now. Let's 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 name our best team from what we, we you know I, you know the fans are always that we, you know you said Ryan couldn't believe the team sheet. There was a dip on Saturday. Just everyone's fit. What what's your starting eleven? Four four two. Norman Kitchen, Hobson, Raglan, Freeman. Then I would have. Lundstrom in the middle, Gardner out wide. I would have Dickinson on the left, Green on the right, and Nuttall and Norwood. Yes. Pace, power. I that's uh, pretty much the team I'd go for, Dave. I'll be honest. Pretty that much is the another, team I'd same go for. Car. What, what, like, what is the situation with Freeman? Because he looked like he was. But we could tell he weren't fit. But he looked like he was all the answers we needed at right back against Aldershot. Yeah. It was a ball playing right back who. I think one of the goals, he brought it down, he locked up, someone pointed it out on Twitter, they cut it up, he locked it, and he found the midfielder, I think, and then he flicked it on and we scored from it. And uh, it's again, so, I feel so sorry for Will Sutton because he's going to be another one of them youngsters who doesn't hit the mark, goes on someone else and probably does well. He's um, another Tom Aimer, isn't he? Tom Aimer, yeah. that's what's going to happen. That's what, that's yeah. what uh, and what will happen is he'll get signed and people say, he's not a right back, let's play him in centre back. And he'll go for a, a, like Tarkowski and go for like three million to someone <laughs> down the line do you know after he's but played you, for like I don't know Plymouth you, you say the dream 11 though we've, we've got to be realistic with Lundstrom if he's not training till next Thursday we're not going to see him for another three games I don't think well, okay then so, so but this can, is, but this yeah. is the point I was going to make there Ryan on that is like so it's a 4-4-2 right like we, we, we're okay with that um Lundstrom's not available so Dan Ward goes into yeah. the centre of midfield with uh, with Dan Gardner right uh, up front um, Norwood gets a knock during the game has to come off uh, so you put Willoughby up top with Nuttall right so you've got you play your two forwards again you've got your big man and your, and, 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 and Willoughby running off um, not in necessarily in the same game but you know Nuttall can't play and Norwood can't play for example, for whatever reason, because this happens over a season. Right, so you go with Fondop and Willoughby up top. That's your front two, your big man. So, so like, is is there a system where the team know how to play in and when they come in, they know what their role is going to be within that That's within it. that formation? What happens yeah. if you go down to 10 men? Right, well, we're going to play like this, for example. Uh, there well, might be the yeah, odd you, game. You drop the striker into midfield and just sub one of the strikers. Yeah, you know, the problem is I can see a lot of remnants from the Kuehl days, not the goals. Don't get me wrong, but the team got to the point where they didn't know what formation they were playing halfway through the game, and they kept on looking over to the bench, and they were, yeah. and Kuehl kept on tinkering and changing every bloody game that they didn't know what the best system was. And then that's why they had a massive dip in form towards the end of the season with, with Kuehl, albeit we needed a central defender as well. But they didn't know what system they were playing. But when they when they played that same system for about three or four games, they were on a decent run, like beating Exeter away, you know, when Rose scored that fantastic goal. But again, he keeps on tinkering it and changing it. And I appreciate I appreciate that you have to do that because you've probably got scouts from the other team looking at your system. But if you have a belief and the system works and you're winning games... That's a, you think of Wrexham and Knox County, everyone knew how they were going to play, but if they play yeah. well enough, you can't stop them. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And that's what really annoys fans going to Chesterfield and defending. Like, mm. did we need, like, why not just, this is how we play? 
if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least we've got our style of play. And I think again, this comes back to the other the, the fall between the fans and the and the manager. We have There's no identity, no... do we? We don't have an no. identity on the pitch. That's the and, problem, and that should be getting built now after twelve months. You know, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I look I agree. I agree. And like last week against Gateshead and this week against Dorking, we set up the same um with the same sort of like front four press, which we'd not done at all up till that point. Um and it does kind of seem quite reactionary in terms of like, oh shit, well I need to I need to do something a bit different this week because I'm getting loads of sticks, so I'm gonna do something. And that's why I'd prefer to see him being braver. And it's up to him as the football man and and his, his team and, and his staff. And I don't really, if they don't want to do four foot, whatever it is they want to do, do it, but do it yeah. well. That's, That's the thing. It. Like do it and do it right and do it in, a, do it consistently and do it in a way where whenever a player has to come in, that they know their job in that system and they know that I'm covering for him in that. And, I, and we're all, and, and that's why I think, I think that this squad is, is, is a way off, where it wants to be, I think that, that that there are better players that need to come in uh, to the squad. It's not um, a championship winning squad at the minute, um, and I think we we need and next season again we'll have to bring players in. There will be people that say, well, there's no point bringing new players in under Unsworth because you won't get the best out of them. And uh, that's you know, don't give him any more. Like it's a debate that, that 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 goes on. It's this is football. This is what happens in football. I think. I do keep thinking, though, that we have to put it into context of where we've come from last season and where we are now and what the objectives are uh, and all that kind of stuff and and, tr- and not sort of crumbling under negativity because I, I, think, I think that's what it is. I think the whole kind of... There's still a lot of negativity and and you could say that that in the main terms of the way that the manager's setting up teams that's negativity. Um, that breeds negativity on the terraces. Uh, some of the fans are impatient and then I think impatience is a negative trait. So I think there's still a lot of negativity in and around the football club. And I think we need to try and deal with it. Um, now, you know, the Atleticos were, were, were trying to get behind the team for, for most of the game yesterday. Um, um, and unfortunately the loudest chance of the whole game <laughs> were against the manager. That's, that's a fact. So I'm going to bring, before we do Latics mind with Ryan, I want to bring it back to that thing of putting this out to everybody. Absolutely everybody involved with the club, uh, the board of directors, the manager, the team, the fans. What are we going to do about this? How are we, how are we going to get over this point? Um, and don't, you're just listening to this now saying, well, sack him. That's, that, that's, that's the, <laughs> clearly that is not necessarily about to happen. Uh, he's not getting sacked in the morning. Um, so what do we do about it? And I, I'll, I'll put that to you, Ryan, like just um, if you've got any, any ideas and suggestions that you want to throw out there to anyone who's listening. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's that's where. Yeah, do you do you do you have any suggestions? Like, because genuinely, I think that there, you know, there is a need to 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 find some, you know, there is a need to try and do something at this point, isn't there? I I think the biggest, I think there needs to be. I don't know if another fans forums a bit dramatic or even just a a fan, just a not. Although I think fans are just sick of hearing all this, this that they want to see results more than statements and more than like interviews. But I think he, there seems to be some acknowledgement between, as you, like we talked about that before, a bit like a mediation between manager and fans. If this is the man to take us forward, we're the fans to lead this forward. Like I say, where's the middle ground? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I really, really want us all to be pulling in the same direction. Um, it... it 
it's the cooperation and and acknowledging the situation got us to this point where the club well imagine this right we are now disappointed with 6200 fans turning up to a non-league game against Dorking Wanderers we didn't get 6200 fans in league 2 uh, uh, and we didn't get it le- that many fans in League One very often. So that's going to dip back in. My internet's really bombed. Yeah, but I, I think it's a different. It's a different. It's a different. Yes, it, uh, it's different though, isn't it? Because Corny didn't invest in the club for God, God knows how long. You know, after yeah, three yeah, weeks. No, but that's my that's my point, Dave. It is different. It's very different, and it's different in in lots and lots of good ways. And yeah. it, it's fantastic that we get. Um, that we get crowds of 6,200 and more in this division. To, to be disappointed with a crowd of 6,200 in this division, it's a great crowd for this level, an absolutely fantastic crowd for this level. And it might, yeah, it's gone down, but that that just shows how much there is to be positive about and how much there is to mm. be grateful about. So it's it's frightening where we could get to, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, That's yeah, thing, but yeah. we're not, but we're not, and we're never going to go from where we were last season to just absolutely romping this league this season. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have got that in their head that that was going to be the case. And managing expectations comes from the top. Like we heard with, like, you know, we heard with from Mark yesterday, he said he thought that he wasn't just talking about old, or he wasn't specifically talking about old, he was talking about in general, that sort of setting those level of expectations. I think, I think, I've, I've just checked uh, my Twitter there, some people are saying, right, get in the podcast, can you get, you know, Darren Royal in to, to have a chat and stuff like that? I spoke to him yesterday about, I mentioned about like having, you know, more talking to, having a chat with him next week about the podcast. And it, it's not, like, you know, this, we're fans. We've set this up to come and talk about the football every week. That's what we do. We've got the phone in, fans can phone in. But, you know, the, the club are also welcome to to contribute in any way they like and and and, and phone up the phone in and, and, and say, and phone Matt, me up and say, Matt, can we come and come on a podcast? Can we talk come about on, this? Darren, you know, get on the you, phone. You know in. what I mean? But, and have this conversation because, it, it the the silence that comes out of a club ca- can be frustrating and, and can rile fans and and I agree with with the Unsworth. They need to sit down and say, look, how are we going to go about this? Like, what, what how are we going to kind of try and try to heal this? I think because I think even if, if as long if, even if you if you try, that goes a long way, doesn't it? Even if it doesn't work, just the trying of it that it tends to go a long way. The fact that people actually make an effort to to try and deal with something. I'll, ju- I'll just leave this now with my, my community trust director hat on. The stuff, I sat in a meeting with Darren Royal presenting to us, the stuff Frank and the board have got planned, not just for Oldham Athletic, but for Oldham mm-hmm. Town as a whole, mm-hmm. is amazing. Like, there's still people started to question, the we are still in the best hands possible. And I just feel like we're, we're, we're at a nearly point on the pitch and it's just like, fix that and we go places. So, and they're but trying what, to do it the right way. And they but, do... Uh, uh, David Unsworth is an integral part of their team, whether we like it or not. Whether you whether you think he's the right man or not, he, all this great work that they're doing and all the all this stuff that they're building, he's part of it, and and he's their man, and they want it to work with 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 all the stuff that he's saying in the meetings and all the stuff that he's doing. They believe in him, and it's very very hard for them. And I sort of say them like when, when they did their purpose on a page uh, for the club that their their purpose on the page was everything that they do within the fo- within the entire spectrum of the football club has to contribute towards winning games on the pitch. So there will be there is within that football club from from the stewards and the turnstile operators all the way up to you know the the, the owners and everybody in between. 
they all feel like they're contributing and that they're they're working towards that. So when when the crowds are, are, are chanting for the manager out, it, it affects everybody at the football club. They all feel that that is some kind of like. But well, this is just me saying this is my feeling. But I think that they all feel that it's you know it it, it, it probably demotivates everybody. They probably feel it's it, it's not just the manager that is on the end of it. It's like well we're all trying to do to do this, and I think that that just needs to be acknowledged. Um, whether or not people pay any attention to it or, or give a shit is is another is a separate thing. But I think it's I think it's important to remember he's an integral part of what they're trying to rebuild, and we're very very lucky to to be in this situation and to just say oh well that was last season. We got the new. Forget about everything. We expect the best, and that's and that, I think that's a bit short-sighted and a little bit naive, personally. Well, well, that's it. That's what you come back to the point. Before, how is this fixed now? How did it get to the point where there's there's five, six thousand fans chanting for the manager out at this stage of the season? What's happened, and how yeah. does that get fixed? You know, if they're sorry, I keep thinking of the standby old man song the uh, yeah. Chatix did, but um, yeah, yeah. If, they, if they are the board are saying that kind of thing, then. They need to sell that to the fans. That that's exactly. Let's all yeah, come. To, let's all come together and have a chat about it in whatever format, whatever forum. But like, I think yeah. an, a bit of an effort needs to be made now to to sort of try and deal with this uh, rather than yeah. just sweep it under the carpet. Well, uh, Blackpool because... did it, didn't they? Blackpool put, st- put a statement out, didn't they? When the when the chairman came out and you know the chairman came out and said, "Look, all this money and all the mm-hmm. spending, where's it all gone?" And I know it's not the best start to the season, but believe me, he came out and made a little statement, and I think that was quite well received by the Blackpool fans. Well, the majority of them, because they're quite um, divided, aren't they, over the manager at the moment? And, the, and the, you're uh, never going to please all the people all the time, are you? But like you know, I think because you've got to do what you think is the right thing, and mm-hmm. um, and you're in, and and. Like you said there, Ryan, about all the all the things that have are planned and all the all the, I think intentions are really really important. I think people having the right intentions and the right motivation is really important. And I think that the people that are, that are running the football club have got the right intentions. I think the manager's got the right intentions as well. And I think it's you know he, he wants it to work. And I do feel a bit sorry for him. Um, because well, well, people forget about well, the other, the other thing. The other thing. The other thing is actions speak louder than words as well, though, mm. don't they? You know, if you want yeah. to be a bit of balance. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, a, I'm not. Go on, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, as well as. Well, what actions you know, though? What actions like? I mean, so we've talked about the things that the manager could potentially do in terms of like trying to heal the. Yeah, heal yeah, but the, it's all right the, saying having the nice intention, but if the, if the board are not communi- communicating with the fans, which you, which you've just said you wanted them to do, then they need to do it, don't they? I'm just saying. I'm not saying what anybody needs to do. We're, we're having a conversation, and we're acknowledging, in, in, you know, in a public way that nobody else is doing. Nobody else is publicly mm. having this conversation exactly, yeah, apart yeah, from yeah. on Twitter. So what we're saying is, is does something need to be addressed here? Do we does something need to be dealt with in order to try and heal this situation? I think, I think actions yeah. wise, though, what fans would have wanted yesterday was, yeah, was yeah. he had a he had a free it to just go and score a few goals. Like that would have been the best action possible. Four nil. I know people, few of the moments before I was saying, if we win this 4-0, it's still uns without, it's talking. But he had a free hit to just go for it then and prove a point. And he, it seemed mm. like he bottled it with this one up front. And he, I don't know why. I think he's but, got to be braver, Ryan. I do. Yeah. I do think he's got yeah. to be braver. He's, he, uh, at the end of the day, this the the only way, fans will eat the humble pie if if, if we go on a 15-match winning run. That's it. Uh, and yeah. all of a sudden, we're fantastic. They'll turn around and say... You know, well, it looks like I might have got this wrong. They will, and they'll get behind him. Um, they'll change. You know, football fans. Everyone knows football fans are fickle and they chop and change. But they'll, they'll they're only they'll only change the other way now. 
with with wins and results. And 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 he, yeah. he's David Unsworth has got to be braver in my opinion. And <clears> and and they've got us. He's got to step up. And I think at this stage we're getting to the point where the club needs to step up, um, and 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 deal with this boiling pot because it's it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to change. It's just going to bring it's just going to bring negativity onto this whole situation, which I think is really I was unhealthy. Chuckling at Macca last week when he said. Uh... Intravenous drip of humble pie. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every fan should of we... want to hear that. <laughs> Talking yeah. of negativity, then, should we do Latics Mind? Oh, my word. And see how Ryan gets yeah, on. That's, that's not very. I mean, come on, you know, you set him up for bloody failure. Sorry, I'm, I'm, mate. I think you're going to do really well here, right? I got, I got two really on well. last week, so I was, I was happy. Yeah, there, there you go. go. I got them all. Uh, well, you had the answers. Right. Uh, good luck, Ryan. God. Question one. Who was the first full-time manager appointed under the three amigos? Uh, John Sheridan. <laughs> Incorrect. Who was the Latics captain the year they won the second division in 1991? Oh, Jesus Christ. If I told you I was two, does that help? No. Nope. Um, God. Mike Milligan. Incorrect. Latics have had 15 managers to manage over 100 games. Only two of them have a win ratio under one third. Can you name one of them? Keith Curl. No. Oh, what? He was awful. <laughs> Latics played Liverpool in the FA Cup in three consecutive seasons between 2012 and 14. Liverpool beat us 5-1 at Anfield. We famously won 3-2 at home. And then in January 2014, what was the score? F- 5-0. No, incorrect. Who was Latic's manager in the 97-98 season? Neil Warnock. Correct. Yes, I was mascot that year. Fucking finally, I've got one. Which winger arrived from Everton in the summer of 1989? Graham Sharp. <laughs> Incorrect. I was born then. Which permanent manager uh, for Latics... Uh, sorry. Which permanent manager managed Latics for only seven games? Paul Scholes. Correct. Yes. Including caretakers... How many managers have managed Latics on more than one occasion? Including caretakers. Four. Incorrect, it was seven. So, the answers. Who was the first uh, manager appointed under the three amigos? That was Brian Talbot. Uh, Who was the captain at the second division winning 1991 season? It was Earl Earl Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Latics had 50 managers to manage over 100 games. Only two of them had a win ratio under one third. Can you name one of them? Matt, anyone? No, uh, no, no, no. It was Paul Dickoff or Graham Sharp. Oh. Um, Dickoff was under a third. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, Latics played Liverpool the first time they beat us 5 1. And then 2 we 0, Dave. We beat them 2 0, yeah. Um, no, they beat us 2 0. Yeah, they beat us 2 0, yeah. 2 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, which ringer arrived from Everton in 1989? That was Neil Adams. Neil Adams, yes. I got three. And including caretakers, how many managers have managed Latics on more than one occasion? There were seven David Ashworth, Robert Meller, Jack Rowley, John Sheridan, Joe Royal, Tony Phyllis Kirk, and Pete Wilde. I'll take uh, I'll take two. We'll go for three next year. You got yeah. two, <laughs> two. So yeah, I got into your head, didn't I? Sorry, mate. No, no, I got two last week as well, so I'm doing all right. I got zero just, last, last last season, so consistency is important, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the manager. <laughs> oh God. Um, well, look, I hope that you know you're listening to this on Monday or whatever. Um, I hope it offers some kind of food for thought, if nothing else. It's it, it's hard. Honestly, it, this season has been the hardest season for motivation for this podcast. It's been so hard. So, like, you know, like, oh, God, I've got to do the pod on Sunday. It's hard work. Like, coming on and saying, right, we've got to talk about this situation again and knowing, like, that there's just this split in opinion amongst the fan base. And, and, and as a fan, you know, like, I was nervous at the end of that game. I desperately, desperately wanted us to win the game. I, 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 that's all that mattered yesterday. Can we nick one? Can we nick a late goal? Um, Willoughby had a good chance. I've not seen any of the highlights back yet, but it looked like he had a good chance uh, to, to, to nick it. Obviously, we had a massive stroke of luck with, with the goalkeeper uh, and, their, and their decision yesterday. But like, ultimately, winning games is what matters and, and seeing us creep back up that table and, and, and the confidence that that brings and all that kind of stuff. So... I, I, I look. I think we've. I think we've. It's been a good chat, Ryan. Really, thanks for coming on, mate. And and I thought you have made some really, really good points. It's it's not about are you ones within, are you ones without. Uh, if you're one, you're right. If you're the other, you're wrong. It's not about that. It's it, what's important for our football club is that we is that we when we have issues and we will have issues. We we find solutions and we deal with them and and we we try and work together from it's our club it's it's uh, you know if you're the manager of a football club it's your club if you're a player at the football club it's your club if you're a fan it's your club if you're a director or an owner it's your club it's our club we need to find solutions when we have issues and at the minute on the pitch we have issues but off the pitch things are fantastic Thank you for listening to the Boundary Park Alert System, a QPod production hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. QPod is Oldham's only dedicated podcast production company and if you'd like to learn more about how podcasting can help take your brand to the next level, visit kupod.co.uk. A huge thank you goes to all those people who subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. We really appreciate you all. Please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click Be a Supporter or find the link in the show notes if you'd like to help us fund the show it's only 2.99 per month to subscribe but if you'd rather make a one-off donation please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafc podcast or click the link on our website don't miss the latix football phone in every wednesday live from 8 30 p.m please visit youtube.com forward slash at oafc podcast and do hit subscribe while you are there You can also follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast. 
Big thanks go to Eileen Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog, which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning, and also to Paul Prendergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion, and for more information, visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records. If you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show, we would love to hear from you. Until then, see you next time.